CIM Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. Today I'm here with James Farmer from Sim. James, you've been uh, spending a lot of the summer watching cricket. How's that been going? Yeah, good. Yep. Um, been to all of the tests, uh, Ashes tests, bar the one that's uh, playing at the moment up in uh, Old Trafford. Maybe talk about the Ashes when it's concluded uh, you know, in another podcast uh, down the line, but I actually just want to take you back to earlier in the summer yeah. and the Cricket World Cup final, mm. and particularly uh, the way that this was uh, made free to wear. It was an interesting model that Sky adopted where they offered carriage of the stream to mm. Channel 4. This was a revenue-sharing deal. Mm. So uh, it wasn't something Channel 4 simply paid a fee for and then were able to broadcast. There was an understanding that actually, um, by doing this, the advertisers for Sky were going to get a massive benefit. Mm. It was clear uh, that this was um, something that they'd deliberately done uh, to increase eyeballs um, when they could have simply used one of their own free-to-air channels, Mm. pick, challenge and the like. Mm. that is quite an unusual deal, and it's quite interesting, isn't it? It is, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think it's the sort of the, the potentially the tip of the iceberg or, or, or a way forward and something that we can see more of. I think, um, you know, without wishing to undermine what Sky did, BT Sport had done it um, not so sort of long ago with the, with the football Champions League final. You know, the minute that was a, an all England. Um, affair, they announced that they were going to make that free to wear as well, um, and I think knowing the you know knowing the, the fierce competitiveness between BT Sport and Sky, you know I think there would have been um, a, a close eye being kept on what the, what they did and how well that was received. You've got a bit more insight than normal because you're a former Sky man, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, I used to work there. Yeah, so mm. I sort of understand what why decisions are made. Yeah, mm. perhaps you know a little bit beyond what what might appear to be. A rationale on the surface, but um, but yeah, no, absolutely. I think you know it was a great thing to do, and I think particularly for cricket, you know, football doesn't need any extra publicity. Cricket does as a sport, you know, and yeah. I think um, for that reason, it was absolutely fantastic. And being the only sport that I now play, you know, I'm really happy to see the um, the excitement that that has driven, uh, you know, across the the sort of the younger demographics of the country. You know, I've heard so many stories since of with mates whose children. Uh, you know, haven't stopped playing cricket in their back garden yeah. since. You know, trying to replicate the heroics of um, of our team. So, I think it's fantastic. And if it does, you know, if if it does, sort of bolster the grassroots um, of, of, of the of the uh, of, of the sport, then then then, then fantastic. Um, but I think absolutely, I think it's a you know, it's a really nice. It's it's a nice way to get paid content in front of you know new audiences. Cynically, one could say it's yeah. just a, a cold acquisition tool, right? Um, but um, you know, you know what? If 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 that even if that is the case, um, it's still a nice thing to do. It's a fishing exercise, you're absolutely. saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. So you know, I think, and we're seeing we're seeing this more and more from the sort of um, the the either sort of you know, the main media owners or the content producers um whether it's netflix sky um whoever it might be um but it's you know um it's a way of getting a new audience hooked on your content so that you know you give you give it to them for a trial period mm-hmm. um it then becomes ingrained in their life they get emotionally attached to characters um whether that's in drama or whether that's on the sporting field you know and they want more of it when it gets turned off Whatever the definition of off is, 
um, yeah, they need it in their lives. It, it's it, much it, harder. It leaves to, a hole. Right. It's much harder to take something away than to be given it in the first place, isn't it? Totally. I mean, well, yeah. we, we managed to bump along in my household with, from trial to trial on Netflix. Yeah. Um, until uh, we watched the first couple of episodes of Mad Men, and bizarrely, I'm very unusual. I'm still on series one. Yeah. Um, there's seven series to come. We're, we're sort of we're now invested in the characters, and I'm going to be paying my nine quid. A month subscriptions of Kingdom Come probably yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it's worked it's worked brilliantly there yeah. and I think that's an interesting point isn't it that the the catch twenty two for a Sky Sports um, is that uh, while ever you have a closed shop you have a closed shop window exactly and if you open that window from once or twice for a yeah. very high profile game yeah you're getting those eyeballs that you wouldn't otherwise exactly and you know I think this you know Sky have got a really good partnerships team um, and. They're always looking at sort of pioneering ways of um, getting Sky in front of new audiences. Um, their current sponsorship of Chris Evans's Virgin Breakfast Show is interesting, not least because it's Virgin. You know, and Virgin Media is a competitor. Yeah. Um, so I found that quite interesting when I when I sort of followed um, Chris Chris Evans across from BBC Radio Two to, to to Virgin. I was surprised to see that it was. Um, sponsored by Sky, although I wasn't surprised because, again, they're very wily at these types of um, deals. And, you know, what they're doing is when new, um, when new content that they have um, invested in and, and, and originated themselves, um, you know, they give the first episode free. So yeah. Manifest being a, a recent example, um, you know, they gave, and that was, that was uploaded as a link so anybody listening to the radio could go onto the Virgin Radio website and download the first episode. And, again, you get hooked you know, at the end of every every episode, obviously ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So you, and you want to find out what happens more. So you know, it's just it's just a. I mean, it's not rocket science, but it's a it's a it's a really strong way to play on the emotional attachment you get with with sort of good quality content, which now has transcended from Hollywood down into linear TV. First time I spoke to Sky, um, there was a change in nuance from the start of the conversation yeah. to actually the end of the conversation. Uh, at the start, he he sort of, he described it as a, a once in a generation package, you know, as as if it was you know we can't expect this to be repeated until you know for for, for fifteen years or yeah. something. By the end of the conversation, when we talked it through, I I sort of I put it to this person, will it happen again? And he actually he he said to me, well, if there is an innovative deal on the table, we wouldn't say no to it. Yeah. So I think Sky are, are very open to doing more of it. Definitely. There is a benefit for the audiences, yeah. um, but it, you can also see there is a great benefit for them in terms of um, fishing. Mm. They've also started sponsoring, I've noticed, the Channel 5 Highlights package, which again is a trying to sort of lure people in. They've got their, they know their audience, they're trying to lure people in. These sports sponsorship packages are becoming... More innovative, yeah, um, I would say. And one that really struck me over the summer was the vitality insurance, the effectiveness of their sponsorships mm. of the England cricket team, mm -hmm. um, both the men and the women's cricket team, yeah. um, and the England netball team. Um, and the thing that I think is particularly effective about this is that it is a sponsorship that has a clear relevance to its values, its brand values, and to its business model, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I, there was an article in Marketing Week at the time, just before the Netball World Cup started, I think, which um, which contained a lovely sort of sentiment and quote from their brand director, Chrissy Feist, that talked about um, 
you know, uh, it's it, the, the, their partnership with England Netball uh, and, and being title sponsors of the World Cup means more than simply tapping into a culturally relevant conversation. Yeah. You know, and, and um, um, went on to say um, its philosophy is to boost participation and create a platform that has the potential to turn the Vitality Roses into a household names. We're here to support and enable the growth of women's sport. We're not here to debit anything from the growth. We're not looking at our investment in women and in sports through the spectrum of commercial gain. Mm. And I think to say to say that out loud, mm. you know, and to face up to that potential perception, you know, I think is is spot on from Chrissy. And I think that really hits the nail on the head in terms of their alignment with their brand purpose around well-being and and you know health. Is is perfectly in line with what they're doing. This is um, a this is a company that actually offers deductions on its health insurance, on its yeah. um, life insurance yeah. for people who can prove they're living active, healthy yeah. lifestyles, they're sporty, and so yeah. on and so forth. Exactly. So it's just it's just a, a natural fit. It, you know, mm. it, it absolutely is. And I think um, it's. I guess one of the, one of the, one of the challenges that I have around a lot of sponsorship in in sport, particularly football, is the prevalence of um, sort of gambling, mm. betting, um, brands which are linked with with football, um, you know, and I don't think it does the sport, the image of the sport, many favours. Um, I think Paddy Power's approach was really interesting, and I got sucked in completely with their sash t-shirt, uh, their sash shirt. I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. And remind, then, remind us what this 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 because so, it's early in the summer, and yeah, you may so, not remember. So so. Um, Paddy Power um, sponsored Huddersfield Town, and, and they, um, without any sort of um, prior hoo-ha, um, as as teams do at the beginning of the, the the season, they reveal their new shirt for the season with their sponsor. And Paddy Power had a sash as if as if it was a sash from a, a Hindu or even a sort of a, a beauty contest, right. you know, from shoulder to hip, yeah. opposite hip. Um, with Paddy Power blazoned all the way down the middle, you know, obscuring the actual badge of the team. <laughs> um, and it was hilarious and it caused a massive uproar of disgust and, you know, it was taking it too far. And then literally the next day or following days, Paddy Power basically pulled the rug from underneath it and sort of said, oh, we're only joking, yeah. you know, we are, and, and um, I think, excuse the language, but... Um, in words, and well, no, their tagline is "enough of the nonsense," and they were calling BS on football sponsorship generally. Right. So actually, what they then did was turned it into a beautiful sort of, uh, in my mind, <laughs> a beautiful sort of PR stunt where they did a shirt amnesty, so you could take in your previous year's season's shirts um, that had previous sponsors emblazoned on their sort of chests, um, and you could hand those in, and you'd receive. The new unbranded version for free, right? Which I thought was a really nice, yeah. really nice twist on it. And then they've then built on that as a campaign to move into um, more sort of branded content. So they've got um, Liquid Football, which is a long form um, content channel via a podcast, right? Um, and then they've also done a, a printed publication, I think, which sort of really builds on that fan um, um, sort of emotions. Around around the team, and I think it's worked, you know, because I think other, from memory, other 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 sort of first division football teams have got on board with it, um, and and adopting a sort of a similar model, yeah. um, which I think is, you know, to be commended, and you know, I think, the 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 sort of association with, the excessive association with gambling, 
and um, you know the role that that plays in people's lives to the detriment often. Um, you know, it, how, how much of a platform does it need, and and should it be so closely aligned with football that's followed by millions of you know young eyes as well? Well, the bet three six five every break. You know, every half time, if you know, came to score next, or yeah. my son's watching his favourite team. In game um, gambling ads have been banned, so yeah, so a lot of the broadcasters, Sky being one of them, um, agreed to that. And I think that's you know, that, that again, you know, what does that tell us about the sort of conscience of people that are doing these sorts of deals um, and, and, and the prevalence of the these adverts? Um, I also find the ad that. The quality of the adverts of these sorts of, you know, Ray Winston in the Bet Three Six Five adverts is is for me the epitome of, a, you know, a cliched lazy gambling advert. You know, where yeah. you get this sort of butch, Bet Bet Three Six Five. Yeah. You know, it's just it's all very lads, lads, lads. Saturday after Saturday afternoon down the pub. It's just yeah. it's just really cliched, yeah. and yeah. you know, I think as an industry, you know, I think we need to move on from that sort of. Um, sort of stereotypical and again lazy sort of approach and but it's one that is adopted by all gambling um, firms for some reason so I'm not quite sure there's a real opportunity for some to stand out and be different yeah um, yeah but yeah. It, it, it is appealing to a very narrow demographic isn't it I mean if, yeah. you, if you go back to the vitality insurance point Completely yeah. different. Yeah, it's that's lovely. Completely opposite yeah. way yeah. Of, of, of getting involved in sport. And whether that's the difference between cricket and football, right. I, I don't know, but you do you know what I mean? It's sort of, um, it's interesting to think that um, how the role that marketing plays across those two different sports, they're very different um, in their appeal, in their participation. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe one could learn from the other. Vitality Insurance, they've done some good stuff. I, I was, I'm slightly um, less keen on their changing the name of the national mm. netball team mm. to the Vitality England Roses or the Vitality Roses, yeah. and, and, and which, which, again, one can defend on the basis that at least it's aligned with their brand values. But this moving from a, a point of sponsorship to naming rights to then naming individuals seems to me to be a little bit of a, a an odd slope to, to descend it's a slippery slope potentially isn't it yeah i think name, naming teams not individuals yet yeah although um who knows who knows what's around the corner um but um well i mean to, to that point i mean is that really such a such an outlandish a idea consideration yeah. you know what no i think certainly again um Certain individuals in certain sports might be more um, inclined to consider yeah. such a um, such a sort of destination, but I mean, I think the ridicule that, that, that an individual would get from the crowd if they were to um, adopt yes. <laughs> in any shape or form, you know, a sponsor in in their own name would be um, would well, be fun to watch in here, quite frankly. Yes. Um, but I mean, I think you know with. Yeah, Wayne Rooney's skirting around that with having, close. Th- having 32, you know, coming to Derby yeah. and having 32 on his back. He's basically like a walking sandwich board man or whatever the phrase is. This is, this is the link with 32 Reds. Yeah, and Derby County Football Club, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, again has raised some serious eyebrows and actually some, some real concerns, um, particularly considering Rooney's um, history 
um, of of sort of you know gambling, um, allegedly. Um, so so it's been um, uh, sort of reported, um, and yet he's going to you know be being paid millions of pounds to wear thirty two on the back of his um, shirt when he comes over, and you know how. Although he will also work with the casino brand apparently on community initiatives as part of the deal, I think that's a sort of a bit of a sweetener to what is, you know, widely perceived. Um, is is that not the equivalent in the gambling world of greenwashing? That you think that, so. That, that, you're, that you you do you do something that pushes people one way and then yeah. as a sort of as a as a sort of half-hearted counterweight, yeah. you do yeah. something that pushes them the other. And it, you know how how different is it to having the thirty-two red logo on your well, on your arm or on your chest? You know, but it is a step in the direction away from, or in addition to, just having a logo. You know, having your 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 sort of squad number being sort of artificially manufactured to 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 really, you know, as I said, he, it's almost as if he is a walking advert for them, which mm. you know brings him and his you know brand Rooney, in, in inverted commas, um, you know, really closely to to, to that to that gambling business which which is you know is it is it the is it this is it the slippery slope you know time will tell well it will and uh, there is always a consideration about younger as you say younger viewers and, and people normalizing exactly normalizing gambling which i think was one of the issues with the with the in-game yeah um uh, stuff from bet 365 which as you say has now been has now been banned, but yeah. but nevertheless, it became sort of uh, normalising the idea that you you'd stick a bet on at half time to see if well, Harry Kane scores next. Or, exactly, or and like you know, the ne- when 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 will the ball next go out, and right. how many how many throw-ins will there be in the second yeah. half? It's just it's like where does this end? You yeah. know, it was mm-hmm. just it was just snowballing to such a degree. Um, and it was promoting and, and normalising and making it so accessible, and you know it was it was lowering the entry point of gambling almost. You yes. know what I mean? You didn't have to have any sporting knowledge no. to be able to safely put money on the outcome of a game. Yeah. You know, it's just a sort of a almost a drinking game that you play. Yes. You know, every time um, it's the Sting song. Um, Roxanne, yeah, <laughs> where where there's this drinking game where every time you say Roxanne, you have to do a shot of something. It's almost mm. like that, you know. It yeah. sort of feels as if it's really taking, stripping away from the integrity of sport and just sort of breaking it down into these minute, man, you know, um, how many times will the ball go out? How many offsides will there be? And it's just there's too many opportunities to gamble, and I think rightly so that was that was removed. Yeah, yeah. So. Moving on, finally, to someone you mentioned at the start of the of the show uh, today, Ben Stokes. We we've all enjoyed his heroics. We enjoyed his heroics at Lords for the World Cup final. We enjoyed his heroics at Headingley to mm. win an unwinnable Test mm. match <laughs> against Australia. But this might date badly, depending on what goes on currently at Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, that was an extraordinary feat of sportsmanship. I think it's unlikely we're going to end up with Ben Vitality Stokes changing his name mm, by deed poll. I think not. But he seems to me as somebody that is a very marketable, very responsible individual. Yeah. Do you see him being the next sort of David Beckham? Um, yes and no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I think... You know, he's one of those people. I think the reason why, the reason why the public love him so much, a, because he's damn good at what he does. Yeah. But b, you know, he's not without his um, sort of foibles or you know his sort of personality um, challenges. Obviously, with his with his um, 
um, nightclub incident that he that he sort of um, came through um, and suffered for. But you know, he was fortunate to get away with not being in prison for that. Quite yeah. frankly, but yeah. so I think as a brand, or, or rather as a as a you know as as something a brand might want to align themselves with, he doesn't come without his risk. Yeah. But that's where I think you get the greatest reward you know with that sort of a brand alignment with sports people is that um aside from some obvious examples um i think we were talking the other day weren't we about federer yes. you know he is whiter than white cleaner than clean yeah um and, and therefore you know he's he's very attractive from from a marketer's perspective you know because you're not going to wake up and find out that he's done something silly overnight. He, he's, a, he's almost a risk-free investment. He it? is, yeah. yeah. And therefore, I think, you know, certain brands will naturally gravitate towards him. But I think with someone like Stokes, you know, he, I think the range of brands that could align with him are probably a lot greater yeah. um, because they don't have to be so concerned about the sort of the, the, the premiumness of him because that's he's, that's not who he is you know he's a sort of a, a grunting um, you know machine beast of a man who can bowl all day then bat all day you know and, and wear it on his sort of shoulders type of thing so I think he is one of those brands uh, sorry he is one of those sort of individuals that brands will seriously look at now it'll be interesting to see who who a approaches him B who he accepts because I, I don't see him as being the type of person that would want to get aligned with any brand. So I think you'd be well, quite there's a, there's a great story. I mean, whether it, the, him accepting it is a good question. There's a, there's a great story uh, which came out over the summer, which the, from one of the matches, and I forget which one, he was, he was there have been so many, he, mm. was, he was offered the Man of the Match award, and this unusually was sponsored by a watch company. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and as part of his prize, along with a bottle of, you know, the Clico champagne, mm or whatever it was, he was given a, a £15,000 watch, <laughs> um, which he forgot all about and left in the dressing yeah. room. It meant so little to him yeah. that he'd, he'd simply left it in the dressing room. And you know, an hour later, when someone was cleaning up the dressing room, they found it and realised it must have been his prize. <laughs> yeah. And when you know, got this got this fifteen grand yeah. timepiece to yeah. him. Yeah. So whether or not he... Whether or not he is sponsorable, yeah. whether he wishes to be sponsored is a different question. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't see him as being, and I think that's a great... You know, example of 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 him not necessarily being bothered about the money yeah. that comes with being a you know world class cricketer. You know, I think like Steve Smith, um, you know, for the Aussies, he, his love of the sport transcends any of the riches or spoils that comes with it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I suppose it depends on who his agent is yeah. <laughs> and how how pushy his agent is. Um, but um, I don't see him being someone that will you know, say yes to, to any offer just because I, that's not what he's in it for. Um, I think, you know, the opportunities off the back of any sportsman, so uh, once their career finishes, if, if they're not particularly eloquent, then they're not going to go into the commentary box. So uh, often people They'll start the management in. consultants. So exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Often often they tend to cash in while they can, but mm. I, I don't get that sense with Stokes. So it'd be interesting to see what, if anything, um, sort, of, sort of transpires. One to watch, I think. Yeah, James, thanks very much. No worries, thanks. Join us next time when we'll be discussing the Advertising Standard Authority's recent rulings on gendered advertising. CIM Podcast.